of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. I'm your host, Matt Lazuligi, and tonight it's Andrew and I, and we hate Brian Cashman. And this is a very dark... We hate dark Brian game. Cashman, we hate the New York Yankees, we hate Aaron Boone, hate Hal Steinbrenner. Um, I mean, where do you even begin? I mean, this, obviously, we've complained a lot on this podcast, especially this year, um, you know, last few years, but especially this year. But, I mean, I think this more than like any other day in the Yankee history of the past few years. This is just like a universal day to complain about this team and a day to be frustrated about just the direction of this organization or, I mean, lack of direction of this organization because that's the thing. They don't have a direction. Um, just doing absolutely nothing at the trade deadline until 5.58, you know, a few minutes before and getting a low-level, maybe mid-level reliever from the White Sox, who's a free agent at the end of the year, and then getting a starting pitcher who has a career 7 ERA, uh, just doing nothing to the offense. Don't They don't even – they didn't call anyone up or DFA, get rid of anyone. They didn't buy or sell. They did nothing, right? They, cho- they st- stood pat. Uh, Cashman goes on an interview in the third inning of tonight's game that's still going on that is obviously not going well. And – it really, it's this was just uh, like I'm, I'm really speechless. Like I said, it's truly mind-boggling that they didn't do anything, that they just chose to not buy to not sell. And like a lot of people said, you know, if they would have chose to buy and went all in, would I agree? No, because I don't think this team's good and I don't think it's worth it. But hey, at least that's what you're doing. You're buying, fine. I don't necessarily agree with it but if that's what you're doing go for it and if they were to sell if they were to have a full fire sell then fine but they didn't do either they just stood pat and cashman gets on in the third and says oh well this is the team we think we're good enough this is it is true this is it's like i said to andrew i said he before the show it feels like we're being trolled it really feels like we're being trolled at this point i have no other explanation Look, man, I'm speechless, and I'm also like chock full of, of a bunch of things to say all at the same time, because I, I, I can't even process. I, I, the part of it is, is I can't even process my emotions, my thoughts, based on everything that happened today, right? Like, they did nothing. If you're going to sell, that's fine. We were on board with selling. Make new moves with the future in mind. If you're going to buy... I don't agree with that, but at least I understand home uh, World Series or bust, blah, blah, blah. You got to go for it. You could probably cripple the farm system a little bit on, on a failed season, but whatever. The team will get better. They'll become a more watchable product, even if they're not going to win the World Series here. Fine. I could get on board with either of those. But for them to do what they did and kind of sit in the middle and then feed us a bunch of bullshit at like the fourth inning of the game tonight where they're already down 5 nothing. Um, all the quotes from Cashman came out saying stuff like, oh, we tried to make moves and no one wanted to do anything. Or, oh, we tried to sell, but no one was giving us anything we felt valuable. So we just decided to go for it and trust the talent. We're in it then to he, win. And then, then he followed is... up with saying, yeah, yeah, but then he followed up and being like, oh, well, we, we believe in the talent. But like, you look at the product on the field and you're not, 
really getting what you expected kind of thing. So for him to say, like, gaslight his players, right? Gaslight of the, the fan base all, all offseason. Now he's gaslighting his own players. But that in, in the same breath of what we still believe in the talent of the players and that they can turn and, and that they can get us to the playoffs. It's like, pick a, pick a lane, dude. What, wh- where do you stand? And that's the problem is that this organization fundamentally has no idea where they stand. They have no sense of direction. They're so up in their own head that they think they're the smartest people in the room when in reality they have no plan whatsoever. And the rest of the league is running circles around us. And that's why we're in the position we are tonight. Yeah, it's I'm going to read because obviously Cashman had a lot of quotes and I'm going to just read this full one about, you know, buying and selling. He said, I'm sure some people out there say tear it down and sell and other people are out there saying to add something big. There wasn't a big thing to add, to be quite honest, that was going to solve the immediate problems that we had. That's fair. Right. That is that's what we were saying. Right. That's why we're saying, well, why would we add Otani or Soto right now? Because they're not going to make this a great team. This team has so many holes that like it, you need an off season to fix it. So we agree with that. And he says, in terms of the sell stuff, there's certainly a lot of players here that are talented that playoff teams would like to get their hands on. But in terms of trying to pry that away from us, it wasn't really worth it. It was like, I'd rather just keep it and take a shot. I mean, like, what do you mean it wasn't worth it? Like, is this worth it putting out a team that, like, just gets embarrassed night in, night out? I mean, this team is just awful. I mean, here they are. I I, I get having expectations, right? Like, he has a certain valuation for these players and says, well, if we don't get X, Y, Z for trading players, ABC, then we're not going to do it. I kind of get you starting with that mentality, but what you're left with is you have all of those players still on the roster. You've done nothing to improve the depth of the organization for 2024 and beyond. And you still, and this is maybe equally as important as anything else, you still have all of those salaries on your payroll and you have to pay every penny of them because you kept them. Now, they're not going to do what the Mets did and send away two $40 million players and eat half those contracts just to get a middling prospect back. Like I, I get the player they got from the Astros was like their number one overall, but he was still like 70th overall in baseball. So we're not talking about like top tier talent just for $20 million, right? But like if these players aren't great and you have to pay them more than they're worth, getting even a middling prospect back that you could potentially see some upside in is better than just rolling them out every night. Think, lying to yourself that you're going to make the playoffs when in reality they're just going to finish in dead last. This year, the way it's looking right now is that they may finish under 500 for the first time in 30 years. Like, what do you mean it wasn't worth it? Yeah, it's like that's the thing. Like, that's my point. It's like it wasn't worth it. But what is this? Like, what is this current, like, just running it back with this current squad you have worth? I mean, like I said, it's just, it's absolutely brutal. It's to the point where you say to yourself, like, man, how is this team even four games above 500? Now, obviously, Rizzo hit a lot better and Judge was healthy and all this stuff. But I mean, you're seeing with Judge. I mean, they're just, and like G on our last episode, I mean, he had like the best point of the entire episode. He basically said, he goes, I forget exactly what to say. He goes, what, you know, what incentive do teams have to pitch to Aaron Judge? Like, what is preventing teams from just walking Aaron Judge every time? And now I think he's been walked like, what, six times in like 18 plate appearances back? In the two games, he's had two games with three walks since he's been back, right? In those two games, the Yankees scored one or three runs, I believe. Or no, they scored one run in those two games that he he sat. It's it's unbelievable. It really is just unbelievable. Like this offense is lit- even with him now. Like you're seeing like, okay, now Judge is back. Well, they're just not going to pitch to him and no one can protect him. Like they had Anthony Rizzo batting behind him for a couple games. Literally the second worst hitter in baseball since the beginning of June. That's who they have protecting yeah, Aaron Judge. Yeah. Like, and, and look at even tonight, Aaron Judge, Judge doesn't just, matter. 
Yeah, look, Judge is one for three tonight. Immediately behind him, Glaber Torres, over three. Immediately behind, behind Torres, Anthony Rizzo, over three. And yeah. DJ LeMay, Judge got a hit, and right Glaber immediately grounded into double play. Like, there, there goes Judge. See ya. Like, it's like, it, like I said, having Judge back, like, we knew this would happen. Like, it does nothing. They're just pitching around him, and there's no one in the lineup to protect him. And it's absolutely yeah. terrible. Here's another game five, nothing, three hits through seven innings. Like, like, and really, it's even the at bats. It's like, I mean, like in the first, like you're just watching the game and like, you know, DJ grounds out to the pitcher. Then there's a strikeout. Then they're like, it's like, I'm like, man, like this is just like. The Torres double play was on the first pitch. Like not even yeah. attempting to make an effort in an at bat. Andrew, like last, the game last night, I I was, you know, I was busy. I've been like very busy, a lot of stuff. And I turn on, I'm like, let's see what the Yankees are doing. I literally turn on the game. I set up my stream. I cannot lie to you. It's five. The moment I turn on, it's five, one raise. Runners on the corner. I'm like, oh, Yankees have runners on the corner. One out. Stanton up. Double play. Like, just like that. I turned the game right back up. I said, oh, my God. Like, I, I can't. I can't with this team. Like, they are unbelievably inept. And, oh, I know I've said this before on this show. But if I see one more person tweet, Yankee fans are 55 and 52, by the way. Like, oh, dude, they, you, they have no idea. They would never be able to be under 500. It's like, we are sorry that the richest team in all of North American professional sports doesn't have the same expectations as like the Pittsburgh pirates or, or like the Cincinnati reds. Okay. Like we're sorry. Like we, we are sorry that the Yankees, we expect the Yankees to be better what they currently are. We we're sorry that we expect the Yankees to be better than a bottom five offense in baseball and, and a last place team in baseball and a team that is, I mean, Andrew, they're pr- like, People, because people keep saying, well, we, like, I love how people kept using an argument. Oh, the Yankees are still under 500, over 500. They may not be over 500 for much longer. Like, they play they're, the Astros. They're three games over right, right now. And if they, they lose tonight, they'll be 55 and 52. And then you have Tampa Bay for the final game tomorrow, and then four games at Houston. And, and Houston's going to have Verlander and Framber pitching those You're two of those four 500. games. Like, yep. they may be under 500 very, very soon. So that argument may just go out the window very quickly. And pathetic, man. It, it really, it, it's abs- it's like, it's absolutely pathetic. And look, the, <laughs> it's just funny. Like all, you know, Cashman, all these quotes saying, oh, this, and it's like, man, you know, what would like, we said, like, what were you doing in the off season, man? Like, how did you not add any bats to this team? Like we Dude, all we're know still they waiting them. for that move, right? They, they signed judge the big deal. They signed. Rodon, and then they said, we're not done yet. We're still waiting, but that yeah. was in March they li- or February. Like, what, they literally this? have not made a move, like, they, you know, other than the two moves today. Like, they just haven't done anything significant since then. It's unbelievable. Like, it, you you really just don't know what they're doing at this point. And, you know, like, I think it was a Buster Olney or someone went on the case show and said, oh, if the Yankees make, don't make the playoffs, like, don't expect there to be significant changes. Like, what? Like, you, you have a, the second biggest payroll in baseball and you're about to miss the playoffs probably by like at least five games at this rate it's gonna be and you're just gonna say run it back like, how yeah. do you how do you say that like how do you like, say that it's, going into this year it's it's hard to get behind the team and and believe in them this year because they didn't really seem serious about winning or making competitive moves it's gonna be hard to be even a fan next year if yeah. they continue to to keep these two clowns running the show around now like i get i'm like, I'm not just going to give up my fandom, right? Like, you pick one team, you stick with them for life, whether you like right. it or not, whether it sucks or not, you deal with it. That's fine. But it's just going to be so hard 
Like, I don't even wear Yankees apparel anymore. Like, I got stuff in my closet that hasn't come out in a year. Like, I, I'm actually ashamed to, like, to consider myself a Yankee fan. Like, at my core, I still love this team, right? Don't get me wrong. But I'm ashamed. Like, I'm not going to go out in public and be like, yeah, look at me. I'm a Yankee fan. We're we're, we're 27 rings, right? Like, people look at me and they're like, oh, there's a fan of a team that's pathetic. Like, I just, well, I would even sound that to myself. Right? Like, I know they're going to say that to my face, but even they're thinking it, right? Like, I don't want to be associated with this team right now. It's not, it's, it's not even that, like, I, it's just, like, just knowing what you know, following the team, and just, and like, look, they, it's tough to say, like, oh, they pinch pennies, because they still do, you know, have, like, a top five payroll in baseball, so it's kind of tough to say that, but, uh, just, just the way they operate, just how they don't really go all out anymore, it just makes you, like, you know, like, I, like, I still have Yankee apparel, but I'm not, like, Andrew, I don't think I've bought in any Yankee apparel in years, years. And it's just because why would I like why? Like, even if like 2% of that fucking money goes that I don't want to spend money on this team, you know, like I'm like, I'm, I've literally like, you know, obviously I'm down in Florida. So like I've never been, yeah, I haven't even been to the new Yankee Stadium yet. I'm going next month. Right. I'm going in September. I don't even want to fucking go. Like, yeah. I don't even want to fucking go, man. I'm like, wow, it's September 8th. Uh, they may not even be in it by then. Like they may shut down judge by then. Like that's the rate they're going. Like, what if, I, if I'm going to go to the game and fucking Seve's going to be on the mound, it'll be 8 nothing in the third inning? Like, it's terrible. Uh, it, like, it really sucks, but, like, that's just how I feel. And really, like, we, look, it's tough. Someone said this on our Twitter replies today, and it's a good point. We're about to go, like, people still show up for the game. And they said, well, like, you know, people, like, already buy tickets. Like, for example, you know, you could, people, most people buy those tickets, like, weeks and months before. Like, people could have bought those tickets when the Yankees were, like, you know, in a playoff spot, right? And now, like, oh, the game comes, and it's like, you're not just going to sell the tickets because they're, like, most people aren't going to sell the tickets because they're bad. You're still going to go to the game, but... Well, who's going to buy them if they try and sell them? Right, exactly. But, man, let me tell you something. And I've seen, because, like, I'm, you know, I'm a Florida State grad. I've been a Florida State fan for, you know, my whole, my whole life. And, you know, Florida State had some bad years. And... When those, you know, when those like, you know, there's comes a time of the year where they start emailing like all the boosters and all like, you know, the season ticket holders for college football about like the tickets for next year. Right. Like, oh, hey, get your tickets. And when the team's bad, it's like the people reply like, hey, I'm not getting my tickets this year. You guys keep putting out shit on the field. Like, see ya. Like, you're not getting my money this year. And that's what the Yankees that time in the next few months is going to start coming. For people, them start asking to renew people season tickets, and boy, oh boy, they're gonna. I would not want to be the intern reading back the reply emails for those because they're gonna be getting flamed, and there's gonna be, there better be, and I think there will be, a lot of people not renewing their season tickets after this. That's after this year. I mean, it's and why and look, would you, right? Like, it's not it's, even like they're they're crippled with injuries or whatever other excuse you want to insert here, right? Like, they built a team that they thought could compete, the team, it, it, it's basically a house of cards, right? It's it's old, washed players getting paid way too much money. It's a bunch of utility players playing out of position. And then it's a bunch of other defensive first guys who can't hit. So you have Garrett Cole, who's arguably in line to win the American League Cy Young, which is crazy that we're like getting the best version of Cole we've had in the four years he's been here. And we, probably won't even get a, and we probably won't even get an October start. Out Aaron Judge at the rate he's going at, man, the, the season with like a 450 on base percentage because he's just going to get walked every time he's up and they're just going to say, oh, yeah, Torres, go ahead and hit us. You won't. Um, it's crazy, man. I, I just. I, you know, they always have. Like I said, I'm not about, lost the words. 
you know, they always have the stat about Barry Bonds. They have like more walks than played appearance that one year. That's going to be Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the judge is going to be that new stat. He's just going to fucking because really, Jesus said it's like if I were the other team, if I were the Astros, I would literally make it a point to just intentionally walk Judge every time. Like, yeah, put him on. Yeah, just put him on. Like, just to embarrass the Yankees. That's what I would do. Because, like, yeah, no one else on this fucking team is going to beat us. Like, it's all a bunch yeah, of sub-250 hitters, sub-750 OPS guys. You all suck. I would not – I'm literally not going to even throw Aaron Judge a pitch. Like, that's what yeah, I would do. And you're, you're, talk, you're talking about tickets, right, and who's going to the game. I, I do think you're right. It's if, Even if it's not next year because people may have already been locked in by the early summer, right? But, like, there's going to be a day of reckoning where at a certain point, people are just going to say, the hell with this, right? I'm not going to go. And that's when the team's going to feel it. Are they still going to be so far up their own ass, even when they're pulling 25,000 people a night or less, that they're still thinking that they can write the ship and that what they're doing is right and we, right, and we have to trust the process? I, I sure shit hope not, but it's going to take something massive like that. And that's why I'm preaching to people. Don't go to games. Like, if you already bought the tickets, I, I get it. But like, don't buy beers. Don't buy merchandise. right? Don't buy the food. Don't give them money. If it's a social thing, you're going to go out with your friends, fine, whatever, the ticket's already purchased. I, I get it. But the only way things change at this point is, like, you got to get a big cataclysmic event, right? Like, look, I've, been, I've used the reference. There like, needs to be some sort of protest at the game. Like, they're, like just yeah, like the A's. And I know, obviously, our situation in the A's is a bit different. But there needs to be, like, you know, you can even say, well, that A's protest didn't do shit. They're still going to move. But they're just like they like the fan base needs to embarrass this front office. Yeah, dude, they need because what what would kill Hal and Cashman more than anything is their Yankee Stadium. The fans just to have like bags on their heads, have signs, and for it to just, they would like they would be so mad at that. That would get and, them more angry than anything. And so listen, we we love cross sport references here. This feels more like more than anything else, right? We've talked about like the Nets were at their worst. We st- we were there through the twelve and mm-hmm. seventy years, right? Like I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. They were in the doldrums for like nine of the last ten years before finally bringing it back this year. Now they have some promise go forward. But this feels like the 2021 New York Giants at the end of the year when Joe Judge was saying things like punting can be aggressive when he was doing punting on third down on on third on third and nine from the yeah, two yard yeah. line to give him your lecture. It's like you got to literally be embarrassed. The doormat and the laughing stock of the league before the owner says, oh, oh, fuck this. This is not our Denny. I'm not allowing this to ride anymore. And you got to make big change. It's almost I, I hate that we have to devolve that badly to to turn things around but it's not like they're just going to flip a switch go out and sign a bunch of players and free agency next year and win 95 games be back in the playoffs like i've seen the light at this point and we kind of alluded to it all year but we still in the back of our mind said well you know you got aaron judge you got josh johnson you got anthony rizzo tj lemay anthony rizzo Gleyber torres they can figure it out right uh after seeing what we've seen this year like i am i know full scent like this is it the, the team isn't going anywhere you got to do huge things if you want to see positive change in the future. Yeah. Uh, and I think someone there's, I think there's four guys that should be pretty much untouchable. And I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, after tonight's start, I don't know about that, but Cole, like, uh, Cole judge, even though Volpe hasn't been great this year, I'd still say you probably keep Volpe. And I was going to say Rodon, but I, I don't know, man, uh, it's been three bad starts. And I think he's he may just be a guy who can't help himself but throw like twenty plus pitches every inning. So who knows with that? That could be another Cashman specialty. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like this, like there is literally like 
no one on this roster other than, you know, Judge and Cole that are like great players. And like really, like somebody said it perfectly. Like, how do you have a two hundred ninety million dollar payroll and there's like two fucking great players on the team? Like how how do you do that? Like you have to like actually have skill. Like it's so like you know how like when you take like a, if you take like a hundred question multiple uh, choice test, it's like you almost have to try to get like less than a ten percent, right? Because like law of averages, you're probably gonna get a twenty five if you just fill everything out. Yeah, like, yeah you have exactly. to actually like try to get like that's like it's like you have to try to be that like inept in that. It's experience. like it's like doing a thousand coin flips and getting six hundred eighty. Yeah, like uh, it's, it's just, just like, like uh, it's just unbelievable. It really is. So like ah, uh, I don't know. I. And really, because look, you look at the schedule, right? And like we, 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 our last episode was all about the 10 game stretch. And, you know, they still have Tampa tomorrow. They, and Cole is on the mound, but McClanahan's on the mound for Tampa. And yeah, then they have to play, uh, face Javier Brown, France, or, or most likely Verlander and Valdez for Houston, right? So, yeah, they're like. Like I said, they they might be under 500 by Sunday. Like they, that's a real possibility. And then and look, then they have a little break with Chicago, right? It's like okay, they if they get to play Chicago, but guess what? They get to face Dylan Cease that first Chicago game. Well, that's not a great year, but you know he'll find it. Dude, so, we lost games to the to the Rockies and but, the Cubs. Andrew, and I was just somebody. So somebody who said so that I'm like, look, like they're like, oh my god, we have all these guys, and I said at the same time, I mean, fucking Jamison Tyone with a 6.9 ERA, one hit us over eight innings. Okay, like Austin Gomber, Gomber for the Rockies threw a quality start against us, and he sucks. So like it's, and it don't matter who, good pitcher, bad pitcher, you could shut down the Yankees. Don't you worry. Um, so yeah, I. Like I said, there needs to be just some sort of like protest at the game because people aren't people are still going to get the games. Like especially this year, like people already have locked locked in the tickets. Like people are still going to get. But yeah, I, I something needs to happen, and because Brian Cashman is clearly just not doing anything about it. It's it's crazy. Like you see that that Randy Rosarena two run home run tonight. You see forty thousand people packed out in the left field stands and. It doesn't seem like a lot of people are. He was just like flexing around the bases, like stopping. And like, I don't even hate the because it's like, yeah, man, I would do that shit. They know we're pussies. Yeah. I would do that shit too, man. Exactly. Like, like, oh, look at the the last place Yankees. We're just beating up on them. Like, I don't blame them. Like, I don't blame them at all. Like, I'd rock the baby too at home plate. Right. I I think Bill Burr has has an old bit about that. He's talking about like, like, gender roles and certain things where he's like, you know, you can never hit a woman. He's like, do you, you know how much of, of a of a prick I would be if it was socially unacceptable to kick the shit out of me kind of thing? And like, that's the, how it kind of feels like with, with the, the Rays, right? Like, there's no repercussions for doing whatever they want to do against us because we're just pussies and we're just going to knuckle under and lose what, nine out of 12 games to them again. Like, <laughs> I would be just stomping all over the yard and showboating constantly. Why, why not? Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, I would do the same thing. So, you really can't be mad. But the thing is, Andrew, it, when, I think we should almost have, like, a predictor on, like, what the Yankees' final record is this year. Because, like, this is the team. Right? Like, this is the team. Maybe they call some guys up. Maybe. What's up? I, said, I got a number in my gut. Okay, I was about to say. So do I. I it's... <laughs> 
because we've said this before. Like, it is tough to, like, some people are saying that I have, like, some people thought the Yankees were going to win tonight because, like, any time, like, we're, like, completely out on them, they will just come back. But, you know, as we go to the ninth inning at 5 nothing, that doesn't seem to be the case. But, man, I, I really do think that, like, this is just where their luck runs out. And I really do think they're going to finish below 500. Like, I think this is the year that almost 30-year streak ends. Like, I really I'm do. I'm just ready for it. Like, I, I used to care, but now I'm just ready for it. It, it's just almost something that, like, I feel like needs to happen because I feel like they're still just hanging their hats on that. And if they go below 500, like, what like what are you guys going to have? Like, there is no way to justify re-upping and running it back with, like, if you went under – if you go under 500 with this team. Like, there is just no way. And, like, I say that now, but, you know, we'll probably <laughs> probably be talking about Brian Catchman and Alex Steinbrenner this time next year. So, I don't know. So what's your know. what's your number if you had to guess their record? I'm gonna say they go eighty and eighty-two. Oh wow, okay. So you're more generous than me. I was thinking seventy-four and eighty-eight. Oh, I don't think I don't think dude, see, like I don't think they're that bad. Like that would be incredible. Like dude, that that's going like tw- that's going like twenty and thirty-five the rest of the year. Like at the rate they're going right now, that's that, like is really, that unreasonable. I'm dude, like you look at the schedule, right? I was about to say they have right. They after this ten game stretch, they get a little bit of a break with the White Sox, right? Okay, that's a series you should be able to win. Then your next six games, right? After that, are all on the road, and you have to face the Braves, or no, the Marlins, and then the Braves, and then the Red Sox for three games at home. That's not a that's a tough nine game stretch too. Those are all above five hundred teams too. I mean, you could go two and seven, three and six in that stretch as well. So you feeling better about my number now? May I mean maybe, and then oh yeah, you also to start September, the month of September, you have a three game set in Houston. And what happens if Aaron Judge re-injures his foot? Needs right. What if like at, what if they're eight nine games out by like seven? They say, oh well, Aaron Judge has had surgery to prepare. You know, he'll be ready for spring training. So yeah, that's that's a big you know if like I could say, but if Judge you know is plays his last game like august 28th then yeah maybe maybe that number is in the 70s but yeah but look. you know what's gonna happen right if he does get surgery they're gonna be like you know what? we're just gonna shut him down now we're gonna give him six months r and r uh and then they're gonna see how they're gonna reevaluate november or something like that then they're gonna be like oh well we were encouraged by the progress of the recovery we don't think surgery is gonna be needed then we're gonna find out he needs surgery in like january they're just gonna bite the bullet and he's gonna be out till may of next year like yeah. <laughs> At this yeah. point, what the hell are we doing? Why are we still risking it year after year after year? Look, we never got surgery with DJ LeMayo, and he's never been the same. So, like, do I think surgery would have added 20 points as batting average and 80 points as OPS? I don't know. Maybe not. But I, I, it couldn't have hurt at this point. It's clearly not right. He's never going to be right again. Anthony Rizzo never had IL stint for when he, he got his neck jammed when he ran into Tatis, right? Like, did he need something there? I don't know. He's never been the same since then. Why do we continue to do this? Like, I get in hockey and football – you, you fight through nagging injuries because you are way better than the guy who's going to replace you on the bench. But if you are so impacted at the plate in the field that you can't do shit, you're, it's just a disservice to the team, you being out there. And it's the team's doing a disservice to themselves, continuing to run you out there and saying, you know what, we just got to get you right. We'll worry about next year. Yep. Well, you can say it with Rizzo, Jose Trevino. Like it's. Trevino did it all year too. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Like, that was just wild. Like, especially after Boone had said, like, the week or two before that Trevino was completely healthy. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's been balanced all year. It's like, dude, you get you guys just keep lying. Like, you guys just keep lying. It's unbelievable. So, yeah. 
Something else I want to point out. So it's like, it obviously, Twitter was just like on fire today. There was this old video, like Yankee Source tweeted, great page, great Twitter follow. <laughs> tweeted this video like a few years ago about like revisiting like the Yankees like analytics department and like the, the they highlighted four players that the Yankees drafted, right? That they're like they're trophies. And these are the four. <laughs> these were the four players: Austin Romine, Tyler Wade, Anthony Siegler, and Chance Adams. Unreal, man. All those guys. Combined, combined are... negative three B MLB war, if I recall correctly. I read. And then one of the guys in, in Anthony Seager is double A hitting 150. Yeah. I'm just like, how? How are that other stat since like 2012 among drafted players? The Yankees had like the lowest war. And that's with Aaron Judge. That's with an that's MVP with on your team. And you, you have the lowest war among like that Like, like I said earlier, you have to like try to be that inept. You have to try to be that bad. Or or they just trade away every player that they draft and they always go for more established guys. Or maybe that, that. part of it for or sure. Part but, like you think about all the players that that they drafted. Like, and a lot of their players are also international signings too, or like like through right. the years. Severino, Sanchez, um, even like Jesus Montero, right? Who they traded for Pineda. Like, like a lot of those guys, like Miguel Andujar, they're all international signings, right? So that that kind of skews them. Well. Other, other teams, uh, you know, are as well do have some international signings in there. But so look like, at it, all it, the it other players that they missed that, right. that they missed in drafts, right? Like, I, you, I don't even want to bring up some of the names, right? Like, like Max is big on talking about on Twitter that like. They took that, TJ Sikuma. That's, that's like two tough in baseball, though, because they'll just be like, studs drafted in, like, the eighth round and, like, the Twins. So that, that is kind of unfair to do in baseball. But, I and mean, a look, lot of times you, you're drafting based on where your, your your pipeline depth is, right? Like, if you have, like, nine top shortstops, right, you're not going to draft a, a, a top shortstop, even if that's the best guy available on the board. And, then, and maybe you should, right? Maybe you say, we'll worry about where they play and we'll worry about thinning out the herd when they get close to the bigs. You should just draft the best player available. If they're not doing that, maybe that's a whole organizational issue there. But I agree that, look, there's so many instances up and down their draft history where the guys they drafted had a lot of promise, didn't pan out, or they just drafted simply the wrong guy. It's infuriating as a fan that we're still doing this. Remember when they had absolutely nobody on the team in 2013, 2014, 2016? We were like, well, they're paying the consequences of just taking dumps in the draft in 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, right? Like, they're paying the price for that now because those there's nothing ready today that was drafted five years ago. Well, if we're in that similar boat, like I know they put a lot more work into the draft the last three or four or five years, but the only thing we've seen with any any substantiation here is is Anthony Volpe. He's been hasn't been great. Jason Dominguez hasn't developed. We've traded away a bunch of the pitching prospects last year, right? Like when are we actually gonna see the fruits of that labor? Yeah, it's like I said, it's been a major problem. People are like, oh, well, like, they actually fixed it over the last few years. Like, have they? Like, have they? I, I don't really see it. And like I said, Volpe, it's like, not like you got to give him some benefit of the doubt. But, like, you know, he hasn't been good, you know? And, like, like we said it in the – remember we said it in the preseason pod. That's one of the things we were spot on about. About We said, look, man, with Volpe, like, there's a good chance that he's going to come up and he's going to be a sub-200 hitter and struggle. Like, that's the most likely outcome, even though he's a top prospect. Like, that's that's the way of the road. So, you know, it's like I said, that, that's one of the main like, man, we say it all the time, but like there's just the way this organization does things. There's so many different aspects of like whether it's drafting, developing players, the you know, the way they handle injuries, the way they, you know, uh, 
communicate with the media, the way they rest players, just like so many different things they do are just so fundamentally wrong. And like after all these years, it's like, aren't you guys seeing this is not working? Like, aren't you guys, don't you guys think like, hey, this isn't working, well, let's change it up. Like it's it's unbelievable to me that they just all these years thought that well I mean we're winning ninety plus games so I mean like one of these years like the the cards will fall into our face you know the the far the cards will fall our way right we'll 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 get it one year and it's like really this year like everything all these things are just blowing up in their face and like it sucks because like man like I don't want I'm I'm not gonna root against my team like I love the Yankees this is like I want this team to succeed I want them to win I want them to win championships but. Just knowing that, like, who's at the helm and knowing the history of what these guys have done, it's like, man, like, I, the, I don't, this isn't going to happen with Cat. The game's passed him by, man. The game has passed him by. He, and you even, there was like a report that like executives were like very frustrated with the Yankees now. It's like, yeah, no. So now, so now people aren't even going to want to deal with this guy because he's just so pompous and on his like high horse thinking he's like this genius that won all these championships. Like, Brian, you got one championship, man. You have one championship, and you know why you did it. You know why you won it because you fucking opened the half checkbook. A billion dollars. You opened the checkbook. You didn't make all these underground moves and get all these flyers on like fucking career minor leaguers and C level guys. No, you went out and got Mark Teixeira and got CC and got AJ and you got all these stud guys. That's that's what you need to do. And we've been saying it for years, and he just refuses now. We're seeing like with the Mets, it's not always just throw money at, you know, old aging veteran and succeed because they just, you know, ate like almost a hundred million dollars. But there, like I said, we said for years, there is like an aspect of that, like passing on Bryce Harper, passing on just all these guys for, and for just like such lesser guys. There's just such a misevaluation of talent that's happened in this organization over the past few years and specifically from Brian Cashman. And, and it, like I said, it, it, it's got to end. Yeah, like today, like someone said today, like today, like it felt kind of like this kind of felt like the beginning of the end for Cashman. And we could be very wrong about that. Cashman could probably will probably be the Yankee GM in 2038. But man, it's like it's got to something's got to give. Right. Like something's got to give it at a certain point. And um, if today wasn't a day where that something gave, I, I don't know what it is. It, it really is just just the worst feeling in sports, man. Like when you're bad and you have a bunch of upside, you're always thinking about the future. Um, when 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 you have top talent, you're actually performing. You can get excited to watch your team every night. And when you're on on the downswing, but you're not quite at the bottom yet, like we are, like you could you could still kind of see the top, so you're looking up, but you know you have all downward momentum. It's it's just the worst place to be because you have no nowhere to go but down before you go back up. And you just see everything that you had within reach in recent years slipping away, right? You see the ownership group at the top, and not even—I'm not even going to put it on Hal because Hal's spending almost three hundred million dollars on the team this year, right? Like it's not his fault. He's not refusing to spend money like so many owners across Major Baseball. But you got the people in charge of the team who have no idea what they're doing, and they've just been skating their tires for close to a decade at this point. Fell into a couple ALCS appearances because you had. A couple nice runs. You had Aaron Judge, right? You had the financial ability to spend some money uh, on on top players, but it sucks, man. Like you look at all these other GMs drafting better, making better trades, um, not handing out the worst contracts you've ever seen, or acquiring old players and expecting to get their best years, which are already behind them. 
in the following season. It's brutal, man. He just, like you said, he's the, the, the league has caught up to him and done full laps around him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've mistakenly had the game back on again, and the Yankees have scored a run in the bottom of the ninth to make it 5 <laughs> 1. Uh, but yeah, it's like I said, we're both just kind of like today left us speechless. Like today, the trade deadline left us speechless. Like, the day went on, you're like, all right, Yankees haven't done anything. Okay, huh? Then, like, you know, noon comes around, you're like, all right, still nothing. And it wasn't even like there was still nothing. Like, dude, there was like, no even reports. And we were, there was a point where, like, every minute there was like a new trade, a new rumor coming out, and the Yankees weren't involved in any of them. That was the worst part. Is that is that? I'm like, is this guy? Even, even I'm like, like, are we even doing our due diligence on these guys? Like, are we? What are we doing? Might might trade Dylan Cease, and they're gonna. There were teams that were like worse than us doing shit. Like, you know, I'm like, right, right. right. But even if like the Yankees were one team out of like six listed to be on a guy, and they didn't make the move, it didn't even seem like like they were in on anyone. To me, what that tells me is kind of what we touched on earlier: is that they went into the day hoping to fall into some freak ad right that some team was going to be able to you know they were going to give away for way less than we actually nodded the that we were going to run to the run of the hills laughing with that right but they kind of prioritized going today saying you know what we got a bunch of these pending free agents these older vets let's focus on fielding offers for them and see what we can get from them and they were underwhelmed across the board and then they didn't pivot they're just like well let's wait another hour and see if someone else calls oh oh let's have a conversation oh so we want like your third and eighth best product. oh no, no no that's too much all right all right bye and they just kept going with that lather with rinse repeat all all day right and they didn't actually pick up the phone and inquire on someone else which again if, if they were intent on selling and they didn't want to admit that that's fine but they didn't do anything at a certain point take some offer do something don't oh good yeah, put another run yeah tying run <laughs> is at the plate <laughs> I sw- this would be the funniest shit of all time if they won. This if they game. come back down five nothing, <laughs> while we're on. There's, there's zero chance. Can this ignite happening. the season? I mean, that. Ty runs at the plate. The team is because then, because then you look at it and like who has has the last three positive Yankee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Positive. yeah, but no, but like you have like a, a Bader double, a Torres double, a Rizzo single that didn't score a run to move Glaber to third. DJ reached on a single. Um, runners advance a second and third on error, and now you have IKF at the plate, right? So, like, if they're all Cashman guys, and and we've just been spending the whole day shitting on him, and, and admittedly, he deserved every bit of criticism he got from us, the fans, the beat writers, whoever, right? And if they come back and, and do something incredible tonight, he's going to just be sitting there, that smug look on his face. That's the worst thing for us, is to give this guy confidence that his mentality, yeah. that his actual attack plans are correct. Because clearly they're not. We're in this spot every night because of him. If the Yankees win tonight, Brian Cashman's got a lifetime deal. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. But, yeah, I think, honestly, I think, I mean, any any final thoughts, Andrew? I kind of want to keep this going just to see if anything happens. Yeah, I was about to say, we probably should just keep, we probably should just keep recording until there's literally two outs in the time. I have to play with my as well to keep going. Um, something else I wanted to kind of talk about is like the Yankee. Is it me or just like the Yankees B and the Yankee media is just so soft? Like, remember when you were a kid growing up? Yeah, when you were growing up, like it was like the New York media and like the New York media would go after, like they would like you know they didn't give a shit. They were ruthless. Whether it was the Giants, the Yankees, like man, like 
someone said, and we're not going to name names. We talked about this in the chat a lot, and I like this reporter too, but it's like someone said it on Twitter, and it's true. It's like, man, these beat reporters, they care more about writing books than like doing their jobs. And it's very true. It's like, you, you know, we all know the Yankee reporter who goes around braiding his book, like, oh, buy my book. And it's like, dude, you're on like an NBC morning show on the day of the, your team, the team you cover's trade deadline. And like, yeah, they didn't do shit, but it's like, dude, do your fucking job. Like, I'm sorry, but like, what are you, what are you doing, dude? Like, just trying to like sell your book when the teams have is in like last place, having an awful season. The record you're talking about literally might get broken in like a next two months. I don't know, man. It just kind of like rubs you the wrong way. And it's because it's like, dude, you're a beat reporter. Like, why are you trying to write books about the team while they're still active? Like, you wrote the Baby Bomber book about this, like, the next Yankee dynasty that never happened. Like, dog, you don't write books about dynasties while they're happening. You write them after. Like, you wrote it, like I said, you wrote a book about a dynasty that never fucking happened, dude. Like, come on. I don't know, man. It, like, his books just kind of rub me the wrong way. They are a little cringy. Uh, but I will say it's not just him, right? Like, you get... I get it. And you got to make money. Like, you're, he's probably reporters. not like a lifelong Yankee fan. I get it. Like, I get it. Look, and, then you, and then you get, like, well you get, look, you get the swaggy Twitter vibe, right? And a lot of these guys it, it will occasionally interact with some fans and the ones that oh, are, like, 10,000 followers. Oh, yeah, so, like, they're all, you know, you get, like, the, the, the good vibes, and they're not just going to be jerks, because then the fans will kind of move away from that. And, and they, they, they like playing, like, that young, hip, cool, like, oh, look at me. I say funny things. Like, they're never just going to go into a post-game interview with, with Aaron Boone and be like, what the fuck was that? Like, Chuck, like, remember how much heat Sweeney Murray got? Uh, I think it was after 2019 when he was just ripping off names of players that Brian Cashman didn't sign. It was right after we lost the ALCS. <laughs> yeah. Right? He just, just stern look, just named one guy. after. And at the time, I was like, oh, what a douche. But like, in, in hindsight, holy shit, right. man. He was grilling, deservedly so. Like, there's none of that. In the, in the beat room anymore. No, they're all soft. And then someone will get on social media and be like, and it's like, yeah, but then you'll go to the press room and be like, hey, Brian, what do you think happened tonight, man? Like, what, what was it? Oh, struck out the game's over. <laughs> oh, there we <laughs> go. <laughs> all right, sorry, you going. Yeah, no, but really, it's like, there's just, there's like, no, I'm like, really, I get like, they want to, you want to keep your like press passes. I get it, but like, ah. Like I just like I said, I remember growing up. It's like oh, the New York media and all, and it's like man, like I feel like the Yankees media is just so soft. Like really, they're just so damn soft. And I don't know. That's part of the reason why players didn't want to come here or why they struggled when they came yeah. here. The tabloids, right? They didn't want to go over for twenty and see themselves on the back page of the New York Post and be like, what a bum. I still think right? I still think there's still some of that. I just mean like the media like accountability like towards the managers and coaches. You know, but, but it's the same thing, right? It's the same people who are doing those interviews, the people who are writing the articles, the ones who are um, interviewing them before and after the games. Like it's that same. It's it's the whole mentality that the New York media used to be this this beast, right? That players were afraid of. That you had to have tough skin. You had to be like a Reggie Jackson type personality to thrive in New York City. That's all gone now. And, and maybe some of it is good that it's gone. Like you don't want to be venomous towards the players and coaches i kind of get that but you got to have a little bit of an edge and no one does anymore yeah no there, there's no edge and the fact that stanton like the one two pitch you got a fastball right down the middle and you just whiffed on it that's uh, like my guy was right down the middle man like i get fairbanks throws hard but jesus christ it's tough though it's tough to watch man it really is tough to watch so andrew any final thoughts part two 
like I'm, I'm sick and tired of talking about this team, man. Um, the, the last few months we've just been angry and tonight we were just like straight up dumbfounded. Um, yeah. and, so, and I, I, I think it just needs to be on record that like we have to have changes. And if we don't, I, I don't know the future of the team fandom online content around the team. Like I, it's, yeah. it's bad, man. So it's a bad situation. Like I said, you got like, there's nothing worse. It's, be one, be on one side, be on the other side, but just don't be in limbo, right? And by the way, the Yankees now in this vaunted ten game stretch, make or break, they are now one and four. They have lost the first two series. So yeah, I think I think I said they would go three and seven. Um, I think they'd be lucky to get to three and seven at this point, right? At I, this I, point, I think, yeah. I think they'd be lucky to go two and three in the next five games. So no, we're getting McClanahan, Valdez, yeah. and Verlander in three of the next four games. Yep. Yeah. So, for Luigi, for Andrew, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and we hate Brian Cashman. <laughs>